Welcome to He Said, Red Said, where Red is Vicki Fitch, serial entrepreneur, direct sales expert, business coach, and provider of Fitch Slaps. It's also where Red is always right. To introduce this week's He, here's Vicki Fitch. He Said, Red Said. He Said, Red Said. Hey everybody, Vicki Fitch here, your direct sales expert and the host of He Said, Red Said, where red is always right. I appreciate each and every one of you being here. For those of you who have never seen my podcast before, we're excited to have you here. If you downloaded this on iTunes, Stitcher, or on Blog Talk Radio, we really do appreciate you being here. We're excited to share with you the broadcast tonight. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much about my guest. I I don't want his head to swell because you know how those boys are when they come on here because He Said, Red Said, a little bit of business and a lot of fun. Well, tonight, guest is a super mega star. Yes, I think he's a star, but don't tell him that again. Hopefully his mic is off. His ears are off. He won't see this. A super mega star, Jeff Bullis. He's amazing in person. He's amazing on social media. He also is a bit of a bike enthusiast. He's a bit of a smart aleck. He's an Aussie. He's a little bit of thunder from down under and has more accolades and social media awards than I can actually even announce right now. So without further ado, I'm going to announce, I'm going to actually present Mr. Mr. Jeff Bullet. Welcome, Jeff. How are you? Hi, how are you? I good. am great, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I'm enjoying uh, a beautiful day in Sydney here. So uh, great to chat to you. 14 hours flight away. So we're, uh, that's how long it takes to get to your place. So um, it's I can't stalk you because it's just too far away. But maybe you should have just flown over the broadcast. I mean, that's what a real gentleman would have done. They would have just gotten on a plane, come over and surprised me and said, I'm here. Well, <laughs> that may happen, but not today. <laughs> I love it. Well, I am so excited to have you here, Jeff. I have a lot of stuff to go over, a lot of stuff to share. And again, I'm having trouble. Um, I'm looking on my iPad, you guys, and trying to see. Okay, here. I'm trying to get into the broadcast so I can see who's here and we can say hello and give uh, Jeff an opportunity to uh, visit with some of you guys. Let's see who's in the house. Okay. We have, oh, let's see, Rob's in the house. He wants to be read. I got you. Jeremy Dalton is here. I appreciate you being here. Stacy DePolo is here. Welcome, welcome. Uh, April, um, let's see a lot of people in here. You guys, welcome to the broadcast. Do us a favor real quick. Hit that share button and share out the broadcast. Feel free to type in your questions. We're going to be getting to them in a few minutes and uh, letting Jeff know that you guys are here, that you want to you want to hear his Aussie charm, right? Because that's what we're looking for. It's all about it's all about the accent and the cute that you're a cutie pie. You know, I mean, let's face it, Jeff. It's all about the accent. Australians are all. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me 50 years to find that accent, but I'm still working on it. So, well, yeah. you know, you'll you'll perfect it eventually, right? <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> There's different versions of the Australian accent, just like you have in America for your own accent. So, uh, yeah, mine was invented in a place, Adelaide, which is this sort of more English sounding town than, well, city than some of the other places like northern Queensland, for example, or uh, Western Australia. So we have different accents as well. But, um, yeah, mine's from Adelaide. Well, I love it. I actually have a client in Adelaide. So, and you know, well, we're going to be talking about it later, but I'm actually coming there in September. So if you happen to be around, we're going to have to go check some stuff out and do some fun things. Okay, cool. Um, 
Yeah. So I want to, okay. So first of all, um, we're going to tell people a little bit about if they don't, they haven't seen, he said, red seg, you know, the part of our slogan is someone's going to get fitch lab. Now we're, we're going to talk, talk to you about, about the fitch lab. The fitch lab, just so everybody knows, is a public service. It, it only comes out when necessary. It is always done in love and it's used to redirect the course of someone who's gone astray. So Jeff, as long as you stay in line, you're all safe. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bent, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, I know from our time together that you and I, we got along so well when we met at Social Media Marketing World. So I'm really excited about tonight. I'm excited about the fun we're going to have. And uh, the, you know, the show can go off the rails. It is G-rated or PG. We go PG. We even go PG-13, but no F-bombs. Ted Rubin dropped an F-bomb. I asked him if I, he was actually going to be the first guy I had to kick off my show. <laughs> but, you know, he's we're, we're, we're tight. Ted and I are tight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only do those sort of F-bombs in pub presentations, which uh, <laughs> we do happen occasionally, actually. So we actually have done a talk in a, in a pub or a bar and uh, talking to 100 drunk people is actually quite fun. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so tell us really quick before we go into the rest of this, like, no, how did that go? How did the 100 drunk people, how did they, did they relate? Did they remember you the next day? Well, it was really good because I had this uh, lady who uh, got up before me and read from her iPhone it was her presentation technique, and um, I went, <laughs> you know, if you want to look good, just get someone who's really bad to go before you. That's really important. So uh, I managed to get that down. So, but I got them to go quiet and uh, made them listen and engage. So I think it was maybe one of my better presentations. So. It helps you present when you've actually had a couple of glasses of wine yourself in a bar because then you feel like you belong. Um, <laughs> it, it's nothing worse than being, you know, uh, turning up completely sober at a drunk bar and trying to do a presentation. It just doesn't work. So right. you've got to sort of, you just got to slightly join them. And that's what I did. <laughs> I can see it now. I can see you coming up with some uh, slang lingo to kind of sidewind in through there. So I can see that would have been fun. I would love yeah. to be a fly on the wall during that kind of thing. I, I actually did experience a little bit of that at social media marketing world, but we'll talk about that in a little bit where we had, we had some friends were with us, right. That, um, that shared out, uh, you know, that shared some, some of their wisdom while they were drinking and, and, uh, I got the opportunity to watch and, and, uh, see how people unfold, which is fun. But let's, we always start with a question of the day. So I'm going to start my first question for you, Jeff, is when is the last time, you wore a Lycra or Spandex when you weren't riding your bike. Um, that's, that's something that I really can't remember. <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so the last time I did do that was I can't remember. So, and I'm thankful. It might have been the <laughs> 70s or the 80s. I'm guessing the 80s, right? I could see you in some Spandex in the 80s. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't wear it. <laughs> I, I, wore, I wore corduroy, though. That was, oh, does that count? Yeah, yeah not so much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wore flares um, and I had shiny shirts. There we go. So that we, so yeah. That's in the 70s, right? What about the 80s? Did you transition into the long hair, heavy rock, uh, spandex, you know, kind of thing going on? <laughs> I, I had big glasses and now I wear contact lenses. So I had these really horrible big glasses. I look like Mr. Magoo. Um, so, uh, so in fact, as I get older, I think I look better because um, everyone looks better when they're actually in the date they're in. So because you look back on old photos and my God, did I actually wear that? Um, and, and you know what? Now everyone's wearing tight jeans and 10 years ago, tight jeans were like, you know, 
such a fashion faux pas that you actually uh, you thought that you were from the 80s or 70s or something. So, yeah, 70s actually with a tight jean. So the tight jeans are back, what, in 2017? It's a bit scary, isn't it? That, well, there's a lot. I'm pretty sure it's the decades that roll around because I'm fairly certain that, you know, spandex is coming back in. So I'm going to be looking forward to the uh, Jeff Bullis rendition of, I don't know, some 80s hard rock band with some, you know. Well, like, AC, I, ACD is one of my favorite bands. And, of course, they're Australian and they actually do play hard rock and roll. So, um, yeah. Nothing like cranking it up when no one else is in the house and just uh, <laughs> moving around a bit. So there's a, yeah, it definitely has a very uh, a, a beat that makes you want to move for sure. <laughs> yeah, don't worry love- about the words; just listen to the beat. Yeah, that's right. right. Uh, yeah, the words, you know, the words. Yeah, I was a big ACDC fan as a kid. I try not to listen to him so much because I don't really want my kids involved in that as much. <laughs> There's some there's lyrics there that I'm I'm not particularly fond of uh, of, of hearing my kids sing, but it is a great it's a great band. I really love it. Okay. Um, so I but I think I can see you in a kiss costume. That's what I'm thinking you should be for Halloween. Like I can see you in some black spandex with a Gene Simmons hairdo and a big you know like a star, and I can see that. Yeah, well, the, the last time I dressed up, it was actually a, a, an Indian chieftain outfit, and that was pretty cool. I actually did almost go the uh, Gene Simmons uh, route, but um, the, the big headdress um, and the tight tunic top, leather top, you know. That seemed to work better, actually. So, uh, that, that was a, that. that was one of those dress-up parties for one of our neighbors' fortieth birthdays, which um, was was good fun. So I had this like headdress that sort of went right down to the to the ground, and uh, it was fabulous. So, yeah, that sounds awesome. I would love to see that. We got now. Now we need a picture. So we're expecting you on social media to post a picture of yourself in the headdress. I think it's on Facebook somewhere. So um, yeah, so, I'm pretty so- sure it is. So anybody that wants to see, just go stalk Facebook and you guys can go stalk Jeff and totally figure out all about him and his headdress. And we're going to talk about some other costumes in just a little bit. So <laughs> there could be some other costumes in our future. All right. So um, really quick, we're going to do a quick segment. Um, you guys, I know, Jeff, you are a huge proponent of community that you've built your business and your brand all on community and building, you know, bringing people together and finding a tribe of people that are authentic and, and you know, feeling the same way you do. We have a, a group called the Entrepreneurial rock stars and i would love for you guys if you guys are listening now and you're not a rock star we'd love to have you involved in the group um all you have to do is go to vickyfitch.com slash biz you can click on there's several different options there but you can click on that we'd love to have you because on wednesday nights on vicky fitch live a fresh perspective we do have a rock star we wait to pop on for a quick cameo you get about five minutes to share with the audience let them know what you do and give an opportunity for people to get to know you so we'd love to have you again building community of people that want to give at least as much as they get so hope that you guys will get involved there and connect. So um, I have to tell you something, Jeff. This is a magic episode, just so you know. Okay. I don't know if you know that. This, everybody, is episode 67 of He Said, Red Said. Okay. 67 is an amazing number. It happens to be the year of my birth. It happens to be, I have a 67 money convertible that I got when I was 16 years old that I still have. I gave to my son. So 67 is a, it's one of my favorite numbers. And so you happen to be the guest on episode 67. So congratulations on being one of the most memorable in my own mind of my episodes. Congratulations, Mr. Bullis. You have episode 67. Glad to be here. 
<laughs> so yeah, right. And if you guys could see him, if you guys that have downloaded this, he's looking very regal for a moment. And so it's glad to be here. Like you almost, I know he's Australian, but you can almost see a little James Bond in there. So you definitely go to vickyfitch.com and check out episode 67 of He Said, Red Said with Mr. Jeff Bullis. Definitely. You got it. And he's adorable. Don't tell him I said that. I know he can hear me, but he's adorable. So definitely check it out. So let's talk a little bit about you. Like, okay, because this is where things get a little tough, where I'm going to start asking some questions, get a little sassy, see if you can handle the heat, right? Can you handle it, Jeff? Are you ready? We're ready, baby. He's, oh, there he goes. He's getting, he's dropping into the, we're ready, baby. Like, come on, bring it on, bring it on. So can, do you think you can handle being my heat tonight? Can you be my man tonight? Well, I met you in San Diego and I said yes at a drunk moment. So we just got to do it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was great, Jeff. Thank you so much. Well, I said yes in a drunk moment. So uh, <laughs> so I'm here. So I think you I think you can. I think, well, if you didn't have the moxie there, well, do you remember the guy there, by the way, that was that said he wanted to be, he was completely drunk. He was a cop from here in California. He was completely drunk and he's like, I want to be your he. I can do it. I can do it. And I was like, Really, you think you can? And he said, he says to me, Yeah. So I get a, a live stream going. And I put him on and I said, okay, so tell him your name. And he goes, uh, uh, uh. I go, what minute the sassy dude that was sitting next to me a minute? He goes, hi, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such. And I was like, well, who's that prim and proper dude? That where's the, where's the sassy guy that was ready to, <laughs> to do the thing? Oh, and I see Mr. Tim McVeigh is in the house. He's another Aussie friend. We love Tim. I totally appreciate it. Have you ever met Tim? Do you know Tim McVeigh? No, I haven't. Tim is no, awesome. Go ahead. I'm sure he is. He's Australian, so he has to be. That's that's it, really. I kind of feel that yeah. way, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do. I kind of have a, an affinity for Aussies. I don't know if you know that I'm an honorary Aussie. Do you know that? Um, well, I hope, yeah. Who arranged that for you? Did you speak to Malcolm Turnbull, our prime minister, yeah. or Trumbull, as he's called in America by we, uh, we probably call him that. Turnbull? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure Johnny talked to him and Vintuitive gave me a test. Did you know he sent me a 65-page listing of all your crazy Aussie terms? I had to memorize and do a live stream <laughs> broadcast where I had to answer questions about, you know, things like what a budgie smuggler is. You know, these things, it was, a, it was not an easy test. <laughs> so I, I earned it. It was on Australia well, I well, that's when I wear lycra. They're called budgie smugglers. Okay, <laughs> I <laughs> and, love it. A yeah. speedo is a budgie smuggler, correct? Yeah, it's what it's what you wear to the beach when you want to frighten people. Okay. Right? <laughs> that's, that's kind of right. That's kind of that. Yeah. Look, there's not too many people that really rock a budgie smuggler. I mean, I guess there's probably a few, but yeah, well, I, I think firemen can pull it off, and yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, I don't know about everybody. And and lifesavers, and I'm not talking the ones you suck on either. Really, they're the, <laughs> the actual the actual ones that rescue people. Oh, do you call them lifesavers? Like the lifeguards? Is that what? Yeah, you mean? We, yeah, lifesavers, lifeguards. That's right. We that's also what called we life. Call here. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I believe we had a few uh, guest appearances on the. Um, what was that program in the? Was it the eighties that um, Baywatch? Baywatch. Yeah, I think we had a few guest appearances by some Aussies on Baywatch. Uh, that would yeah. not surprise me. And don't you guys have a, don't you guys have something like that, a, a show that's like that? Maybe it's not about like Baywatch, but it's something about your, 
Coastal. Bondi Rescue. It's called Bondi Rescue. That's the okay. one. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And so, what is that about? Is that similar? That similar concept, or what? Or is it more no, no. reality? It, it, it's about, um, I suppose, the uh, reality of rescuing people nearly drowning because they can't swim, and they decide to go swimming. So that's so. We actually have to send the lifeguards in to actually rescue people that um, have underestimated their keeping their head above water abilities. Um, <laughs> and we do have uh, big waves here in Australia. And uh, so it gets a bit rough and uh, I have to re- rescue them from what's known as rips. And rips are where water goes out to the ocean and uh, they get sucked out to sea. So, uh, and they turn up on California so then, and Baywatch maybe. So that's sort of the reality. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And Stacy is asking if you know, um, do you know Chocolate Johnny? Have you I have him? heard of him, but we've never met. So uh, he apparently in the eastern suburbs near Bondi. So he's on to meet agenda, but we've been, been traveling a fair bit over a little while. So I've really only been back in town for a couple of weeks and uh, still trying I to I should have introduced you at Social Media Marketing World. I didn't even realize. Well, well, I think someone has introduced me to him. I just can't remember who it was, but, uh, so I am connected. I think it was an email or something on one of those, you know, uh, channels where you talk to each other, like, you know, Facebook or, um, you know, WhatsApp or something like that. You know, those, those strange channels. Yeah. One yeah. of those, one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Those social media things. Like what are those yeah. anyway? Like social media is so yesterday anyway. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I've, I've moved on, you know, I don't, <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to definitely talk about that in a minute too about social media. But, you know, have you ever seen this show that he said Red said show before? Have you ever seen it at all? No, I didn't want to get too excited. So I said, I'm just going to show up. And, right. Um, he thought, oh, I could get intimidated. If I watch it in advance, I might get scared. It could be like, it could be cray cray. Right? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. So don't go and check something out first. Just enjoy the experience. Just see what happens. And uh, let's just bounce things around. And uh see what bobs to the surface. So it could get rather interesting. This is a guy that, see, he's not afraid, people. He's not afraid to just fly out the seat of his pants. Go, Jeff, go. That's the way he is. <laughs> I love it. You are, and like I said, first of all, you're such a gem. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do have some, I do have some blending and there's some teasing coming. I was preparing you that I am going to give you a hard time about a couple things. But in general, I'm still going to love you because no matter what you are, are my Jeffy bear. I'm calling you that. Even if you don't know it, I'm just going to call you that right now and you'll find out in a little bit, but just you're my Jeffy bear today. So <laughs> he's like, this can be scary. I have no idea where this is going, but it can be scary. So, um, you know, the being in the social media space, we'll talk about that for a minute first. You actually started out one of the things in your bio, you talked about how you had this, this basically just kind of with 10 bucks, you threw up a website and started recognizing social media. So would you say you're, would you consider yourself in that thought leader space where you're just like, Hey, I'm recognizing a, a trend here and I'm going to jump on board before it passes me by or where would you put yourself in, in watching trends and stuff with social media? Um, I think I have a, uh, some ability to actually pick what's going in the marketplace. And, uh, I've ridden a few booms from the PC revolution, in the mid eighties, right through to the, to the web appearing in the nineties and run conferences and started businesses based on some of those trends. So, um, yeah, for me back in 2008, I, um, there was a lady I was going out with at the time and she said, you know, join Facebook it was 2008. And so I did, and I noticed people's obsession and went, then I got on Twitter and went, same behavior. So I said, there's something going on here. And I suppose the most um, 
important thing that I noticed was its ability to actually reach the world. And especially as an Australian, seeing this so far from anywhere, and we got, you know, we don't have a big population here, only 25 million. I said, well, I can actually reach billions of people um, rather than just a few million. Like we've got 25 million Australians. I went, I don't have to beg permission or pay the gatekeepers to actually share my thoughts and ideas with the world. So when I saw that, it was just this, you know, democratisation of publishing and marketing just got me so um, excited. I went, and then I came upon this uh, blog post by HubSpot and it said you have an inkling of what you want to write about or share, uh, start a blog. And I didn't even know what a blog was, you know. Uh, what's this blog thing? So I just discovered it was a place to publish online that uh, you could do for free and that was wordpress.com. So we just started sharing my insights and one of the first stories I shared I think on Twitter was about Jennifer Aniston breaking up with a boyfriend because it was John Mayer at the time because he actually um, was so obsessed with Twitter that he wasn't paying Jennifer enough attention. Is and that so? Got, I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah, it's a true story. It must wow. be because it's in the news. And well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so she said it's either me or Twitter and John Mayer said Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's got to be like the epitome of, uh, you know, like a stab in the heart. Like you're going to choose... Uh, you're going to choose fake people over me, you know, and that that emotionally, but you think about now, have you seen a serious decline in people and their obsession with social media? I mean that their true obsession, like they can't, they can't seem to break free. Um, Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people, well, I think most of us are still quite uh, trapped by it. But I think a lot of people now actually turning uh, alerts off. I certainly have, I don't have any alerts on my phone. Any, any of the platforms are all off. I want to go in when I want to go in. I don't need Facebook to tell me when I should go and check out someone who's left a message or left an update. Um, and I've even I've talked to a few you know, millennials as well, and they've actually turned alerts off as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the golden age of social is over. Now it's actually maturing and growing up and consolidating, which, it, it's, you know, which is a bit boring because I remember that when I started in 2008 that you were having midnight conversations on Twitter with people from America, as you can see America wake up. Mm-hmm. And I just went, wow. So I ended up having these conversations. Like I remember I actually went to speak in America about two or th- about three or four years later. And I got introduced by one of the friends that I got to know, Amy Howe, um, um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I, the first time I met her was on Twitter. And she was introduced me to the audience in Knoxville, Tennessee, four years later. And Connecting you with your tribe is actually one of the most important things that uh, social media delivers and it still excites me today is actually you don't have to try and hunt them down at a business networking event which is filled quite often filled with guys in suits handing and pushing cards in front of your nose. Um, (laughs) So the reality for me was it's still the same today. It's, it's, It's the incredible power to reach the world with your own voice without seeking permission or paying for it. Hmm. Well, and do you so, you know, I absolutely agree with that. And there is so much. Um, but but with, you know, when you're saying we're in the golden age, and we're kind of maturing. But when all the new platforms are coming in, like live streaming, where we got Periscope, and we've got well, which is, of course, kind of Twitter live, and that's a whole, a whole nother debate on its own, right? Is that, yep. but you know, you got Periscope, we had Meerkat that kind of went and gone, we've got YouTube live, Instagram story, you know, we have so many different options. Do you see 
a new kind of like a new birth of social media coming through and you know these other platforms that are picking up like the WhatsApp and and different things that start out sometimes in different parts of the world and then you know come whether it's to then to the US or then to Australia and then the US afterwards or whatever do you see do you see an infancy there in in some of these live streaming apps Oh well I think live streaming is very important but I think we've got to make sure that we're not uh distracted by metrics that are can be quite interesting um, and actually not that, I suppose, doesn't reveal real engagement. So I actually wrote a blog post recently which said, um, is Facebook fooling us? And the reality is that one of the metrics for Facebook video is that uh, a Facebook video view is treated as one pixel view over three seconds with the sound turned off. Okay, <laughs> right? So... That, if that's a view, then um, I, I think Facebook's trying to fool us. And it's actually, it's, uh, I was going to use a, a, a swear word recently, but it's actually just a, it's a crap metric, right? <laughs> right. Right. And I, I just think you've got to be careful that you're not on platforms and going, oh, God, look at all these views. Right. And it's actually not a, a meaningful metric. So I think you've got to be really careful not sh chasing shiny new toys that uh, affect your engagement at all. They're just, they're an impression, which as we know from mass media days, impression sounds good. You know, I, I, I have like 12 million impressions on Twitter every month. Now, that's, that's, it sounds like a big number, but it's just impressions. In other words, someone glanced at your, uh, in the stream for a, a nanosecond. So I'm, I'm, do treat metrics with a little bit of scepticism and you've got to be careful that you're not chasing and, and trying to be good on a, on 10 different platforms. And something that's interesting too, is I believe that the messaging um, is actually overtaking social now in terms of its um, ability to actually reach people. So the, the use of messaging now is actually social from mm. WhatsApp through to Facebook. Um, so that's interesting. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I think that it's it's really kind of cool, though. That, I mean, as you know, I'm a Facebook Messenger fanatic. Like, that's the way we communicate. That's what my team communicates. That's where we communicate with you to get your, you know, stuff for tonight. And there it is such a, a powerful platform. They give us so many, um, you know, so many different tools. It makes it super fun. But there's a lot of people that are... I think that are using, I think because we, we call, we use, wouldn't you call those vanity metrics that, you know, there's lots of things can be a vanity metric, but looking at numbers to see how many people are viewing. If you're not really looking at that conversion, if you're not looking at developing relationships, if you're not looking at getting people connected to you, to your tribe, to your, you know, to your mission, to your message, you know, people that actually interact, then you know, I think that, that those vanity metrics are, are kind of fleeting and, and don't really stabilize. Cause I'd rather have one, viewer that was actually interested in what I had to say than a million impressions of people that it's more like a blink and they yep. still don't even know who I am. Yeah. So some of the real, the, the actual high engagement metrics should be something like comments left. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, emails sent, um, shares done. Okay. So that's actually meaningful enough for them to actually do something rather than actually just a sideward glance. Mm -hmm. And um, what's really interesting though is I think Facebook message has got some powerful capabilities and we'll see how it lasts over time. But uh, I know I was attending a HubSpot, um, spoke at a HubSpot event in Sydney called Growth with HubSpot event, and they were using Messenger, and it, its engagement is 700% more than email, mm. which is fabulous. So uh, the engagement level is high, but 
as with any platform over time, its engagement level is going to drop because there's just more noise, more data, more people. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's true. And I realize my, um, my, uh, obviously my comments weren't working cause I just got a ton of them in. So let's look at the audience really quick. Tim McVeigh said, it's always good to hear another Aussie face, face the slap because Tim has been on the show as well. And, uh, so he's, he's rooting for you. Right. <laughs> and, right. um, Stacy, let's see, Stacy DePolo actually said, Jeff, do you know chocolate John? You have Instagram and Snapchat fame. Don't you people over there in Australia have some sort of society to promote your country? That was a real question. I, I, I didn't tell people I lived in Australia for about eight years because um, I just wanted to make sure that uh, they didn't think I was a convict because that's how we got to Australia first, right? So Right. That's, yeah. that's what I hear. When I heard that, I started to get scared about my trip over there. Like, hey, am I going to make it out alive? <laughs> <laughs> um let's see let's see um stacy is telling you also to look for the oompa loompa man who follows chocolate johnny we just uh spoke at social media day denver with joel calm yep. and and uh, kim garce well one of the guys dressed up as an oompa loompa to pick chocolate johnny up at the airport it was freaking yeah. hilarious he had a sign and he started doing this dancing and it was i mean that's wicked cool when you have a brand where people are dressing up in a costume to come and pick you up. Now I can see Pocahontas coming to pick you up now that we know about your headdress gear and the whole thing we got going on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for a Pocahontas to pick me up at the airport. So, um, yeah. Hey, you come, if you come to Cali and you're speaking at an event here in Southern Cal, I'll Pocahontas it up for you, babe. I'll just get my, I'll, get, I'll deck myself out. <laughs> Although my hair is red instead of brown, but you could just pretend or I could no, try I think, and find I think, a I think, I think Pocahontas in Disney actually had red hair from memory. I'm not quite sure. I um, think it was black, but I'll go. We'll, we'll just go with that for a moment. Well, it's yeah. our dream anyways. We can, we can dream in our own Technicolor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and let's see. Stacy also says, uh, Jeff is so inspiring. The power to reach the world with our own voice without paying for it is what makes us feel fulfilled. And she put truth bomb. That's you got some fans, brother. Uh, we just make stories up and hopefully they stick. So that's the job. I'm going to make some stuff up in a minute about you. I'm just going <laughs> to, just so you guys know, I'm going to think of something really good to say about them. Um, let's see. And then how can you miss this every week? Oh, Stacy, Vicky is the one driving all of social influence on Twitter, Facebook, and Periscope. <laughs> I love that. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag I, I, is fake news. You decide and you make the news reality. Well, thank you, Stacey. I think that was a, a tremendous compliment. Patricia Ann Walker in the house. Welcome. Mia Chapa in the house. Uh, where is the best place to do live sales? Mia wants you to answer that. I mean, uh, Patricia wants you to answer that. What is the best place to do live sales? Best place to do live sales? Are you talking about platform, Patricia? Go ahead, Jeff, if you want to answer platform, maybe. Um, I've, I've seen it done well. Uh, on places like even, uh, uh, who was it, Facebook Live, I think, being done. Some of the, Russell Brunson's been, has done it quite well. I think uh, he's a conversion king. He knows actually how to make every platform convert. So I, I, I admire those sort of people that actually can do that uh, to actually use calls to action within the live platforms because quite often the platforms don't give you the cool links or something like that. So they've got to be very obvious about where the CTA is, where to get it. So... Um, Russell Brunson is one of the guys I've seen do it exceptionally well. Excellent. So, um, Trisha, he's recommending you watch uh, Bruss, Russell Brunson, I believe is yeah. what you said, right, John? Yeah, from, from ClickFunnels, yes. He's from the, uh, yeah, 
he, this is a guy that lives and breathes conversion and sales funnels. So I think that's an area that content marketers and social media marketers need, really need to work on and just have a look at what I call these hardcore direct marketing guys that have learnt their tools from some of the hardcore direct male guys from the, and ladies from the 80s and 90s uh, and 70s. So mm-hmm. you can learn a lot from old school marketing and just apply it to the new media. So the actual process hasn't changed, just the, just the media's changed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a good point. It's that it's the delivering information. We just got to deliver it in a way that people are relating to in the most recent um, at Social Media Day Denver. That's actually what I did my talk on is, you know, is basically turning clients in, or contacts into clients and leveraging the power of live streaming through converting and how to actually get people off a live streaming platform onto, you know, your own mailing list, having consultation and then converting those into sales, because that's what I think most people aren't doing on live streaming. Like, so they get out there and they, hey, hey, look at me. And they're sharing information, but they're not getting anything out of it. So they get burnt out. Yeah. And that's important. So I had what I call a Chicago moment about two years ago. I went to a mastermind event and there was about 15 of us in the room. And um, I suddenly realized that, um, yes, I had plenty of traffic. I had plenty of engagement, built a community um, and built credibility and trust with the content. So I was doing content marketing from that point of view. Well, I was using content marketing to attract traffic and social, but I wasn't doing the last piece of the puzzle, which is converting that attention and trust and traffic into leads and sales. Mm. So that's been my journey very much over the last two years is to actually get much more hardcore about converting that credibility and trust and traffic into leads and sales. Because at the end of the day, you've got to keep the lights on. You've got to, um, and in Australia, we actually, um, we, we're a little different to the Americans because we actually work to live. The Americans live to work. And I think, <laughs> right. And, Some and, do for sure. Yeah. So it's all about the money, you know, and, um, the Australians know how to have fun because, uh, we, we don't live to work. We work to live. Well, it sounds like you might be dissing the Americans a little, so I might have to give you the little fitch slap because, you know, we love you, brother. We love our Aussie mates, but we do. There, it may, there may not be everybody doing it, but I can tell you, and I'm not telling you there aren't weeks for sure and months sometimes where I work a lot of hours, but in general, I live a pretty balanced life and I try and teach other people that, but you can see there is a big disparity. The there people is. that grind it out and the people that don't work at all and are complaining, right? I'm trying yes. to get my picture, like trying to show that inside the, the video camera, that there is a, a disparity for sure. Do you find that yeah. there's less of a disparity in, in Australia? Uh, not so, uh, what is there, we, we, we still work hard here, is, uh, but uh, I think, but what I love about the American spirit is especially its entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, incredibly creative, um, incredibly driven, and uh, very innovative and I, I just love that. So um, I, I don't go to mastermind events in Australia. I escape our shores and turn America and uh, steal your stuff and go home. So that's what <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, as long as you're admitting it, that's you are from the island of the convicts. So if we should expect that when you come, he'll steal and then go home, right? I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's who we are, you know. Right? So uh, the uh, the Queen sent us all off in ships <laughs> in, in uh, manacles and we turned up on a shore and um, we had to get better. And so we're, we're no longer convicts, but I suppose it's a bit of DNA. So we, we're still stealing stuff. 
Well, you know, you can you can steal my stuff if you want, <laughs> Jeff, because it's good. My stuff's yeah. good. Like yeah, good. it's good yeah. enough to steal. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll steal it when you're not watching. I'll, I'll steal it when you're not looking. Okay. Otherwise, it's not stealing, right? And then I wouldn't feel so like like I just got part of the Aussie spirit where I got my stuff stolen, right? It wouldn't it wouldn't be the same if I gave it to you. So you can't have my stuff. You're not allowed to have it. Now I'm gonna okay. feel good when you steal it. I like it. Okay. So really quick, I want to ask you about your best, your most memorable day ever. What's your most memorable day ever? Most memorable day ever. Um, being born, um, faint memory, that one. Um, uh, Coming out the birth canal, is it all like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, most memorable day ever, I suppose. Getting married uh, was, was pretty big. Having first child, my son being born, that was, that'd be right up there, I think. Um, uh, Travelling alone for the first time, some others. But I suppose there's no one big event. It's, it's just um, memorable moments right through life and, enjoying and seizing them every day. That's so lovely. You're so cute. Well, I'm going to share one of my most memorable days right now with you. We're going to have a little graphic I'm going to show, and then Randall's going to put it up for us because this was a very special day. It was August 4th, 2014 at 3.23 a.m. And it said, Vicky Fish, you have, have a, a new follower, follower on Twitter. It's Jeff Bullis. And I thought, I have arrived. That's it was like a it was a whole <laughs> Jeff's like, I don't even have to take that. Okay, I'm not a stalker. I actually was searching through something. I was pulling up your um the form you filled out and it was still in. That's just, yeah, that's a little bit embarrassing to show how I haven't cleaned out all of my <laughs> emails. And uh, that was still sitting there. So when I, I typed in Jeff Bullis, that came up and I thought, well, how apropos, I've got to put that here and just show, um, you know, that it was still on there. It was a total crack up. And I thought that is perfect. <laughs> so now we are going to talk a little bit about social media marketing world. Okay. So you, you and I got to spend some time together there, but we actually met because uh, we were actually just walking down the street and Ivan, do you remember Ivan? Ivan yep. introduced and Ivan said, Oh, this is Jeff Bullis. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to meet you. So it was fun. And then we started chatting. We got to sit and talk together. Then we got together with the Kramers and Stacey DePolo and Jed yep. Record. And that's when drunk domaining came into play. Do you remember <laughs> the drunk domaining came? I do. I, I, that's, that's one of my memorable moments. <laughs> right? So obviously I hadn't been drinking too much because I remember it. So it's really good. So, um, yeah, drunk domaining, memorable moment, San Diego, um, Stacey Polo, Vicky Fitch, and a bunch of people. That's that's memorable. Okay, so it was that was really funny. I think we were you know rolling around between the stools and um, <laughs> yeah, think, uh, um, and we're talking bar stools here, guys. By the way, so the reality was um, yeah, it was it was fun. Oh, it was a hoot. And so this is where I have to tease Jeff just a little bit. So we've spent like we had spent, I don't know, a total of two days, about 12 hours together. <laughs> and we were talking and I said, Jeff, I'm trying to become Facebook friends with you. And I can't you have too many people. There's got to be somebody there that you could get rid of. We could be friends. And he goes, no, <laughs> he literally said no. He wouldn't be friends with me. He kept this going until like till a week later. So he refused to be friends with me. So one of mine, even though I don't drink, so I was the, I was the a designated drunk domain driver to make sure that they didn't buy a bunch of domains they didn't want. And one of the domains that I got was JeffBullisWon'tFriendMe.com. 
Is that wrong? Okay. <laughs> I didn't buy it though. I left it a save list. GoDaddy, Stacey DiPolo here has a great list, uh, a great way for if you're drunk domaining that you can just uh, check them out and save them. So the next day you can say, oh my, when we, um, we were just in Denver. Stacy, uh, Courtney Kramer, myself, and Mia Voss. And so we were going over this list. Stacy still had it on her phone. And Courtney's like, I don't even remember that one, but that's good. We were just laughing. So it we we had a wonderful time at Social Media Marketing World. Yeah, well, so you don't learn much. You actually just uh, have fun uh, networking, we call it. So uh, it was fabulous. And um, it's really just one big party. So an expensive party, but a good party. <laughs> Well, I disagree with that. I think networking is definitely the most critical part, but I did learn some great things and definitely met some amazing people like you. And I got to really connect with Dennis Yu and understand his, you know, infinite brain on, on Facebook ads and understanding, you know, some of the really great things that are going on. And so I, anyway, that was, I think it's, I think networking is one of the greatest pieces, but so there were some really good talks too. Did you see anything that stood out to you that said, Hey, that was stellar? Um, I went to three in three days, so I'm not, so I didn't go to many. It's more just hanging out with uh, interesting people in the hallways and uh, and other corners of the hotel. So it was, yeah, it was the networking for me was the most important to actually meet people I hadn't met, like uh, Scott Monty. I'd known him on Twitter and we'd connected and been in touch, but never met in real life. So to actually catch up with Scott Monty from, you know, X Ford social media superstar uh, to actually catch up with him at the Flipboard uh, VIP event. That was pretty cool. So um, amongst many and then catch up with Mark Schaefer, good old friends, and Ian Curry and, uh, and, and then uh, Emric, uh, the uh, Frenchman, one of my favourite people on the planet um, from Agora Pulse. So, and the list just goes on and on. So it was just fabulous. Well, speaking of Flipboard, I still have not gotten my Flipboard on. They had an amazing party, though, and those red couch photos were, were the bomb, right? Oh, very <laughs> so, good. Yeah. We had some great pictures there. But you shared some really cool stuff with me about Flipboard and how you found that they were, that was in, using Flipboard was actually increasing your blog post views. Was Is that true? Was that, did I get that right? Yeah, so I use a sharing app uh, as part of it or an app called SumoMe, which actually has a Flipboard sharing button, which means that people can flip their uh, blog post straight into Flipboard um, with just one or two clicks. Um, and with the right sort of content, what can happen is that actually can people discover it in Flipboard and click through to your website. So uh, about a year ago, my Flipboard traffic was about 1%, and then I put my sharing button, which if you go to my blog, it's actually got a Flipboard sharing button. And so uh, my traffic went up, the Flipboard traffic went up to 4 to 5% of total traffic. And some a couple of times I've hit 20% of total traffic for the day, uh, just been driven by Flipboard magazine. And it's when you actually create a personalized magazine um, where we just go and repurpose our content uh, from the blog post straight into Flipboard. So, yeah, I, I just got a different uh, types of platforms and techniques and tactics to actually um, try and make sure that you're not completely at the mercy of Facebook's algorithm, which is to get you to pay to play. So that's the reality. <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly on on that path where when we started out, there was, you know, we had this much exposure and then this much and this much and this much, you know, that it certainly it certainly dwindles, right? There's a, a lot of a dwindling effect going on for sure. Yep. So what is your favorite platform? 
Uh, Twitter's my favourite because it's actually still not at the mercy of the algorithms that have been imposed by the networks. Um, So Twitter allows me to, I suppose, build brand awareness at the top of the funnel and uh, keep building an audience. Uh, It's much harder to do that on Facebook. Um, So Twitter's my go-to platform and secret source. It has been for a long time. And uh, I think it's harder for Twitter to impose algorithms on its feed because it's seen as a news-breaking platform. It's more almost mass media um, focused than it is actually being a social network where you really can have conversations. So it's it's top of the funnel brand awareness building that's what it's really good about it and it's particular way it's gone is makes it hard for to tweak the algorithm to actually stop you appearing in people's tweet feeds but they can but it's it's harder for them to do that because it's it is a news breaking channel and um I guess that's why that's what trump plays there well that let's face it i mean not getting into politics so much but yeah. identifying that trump you know utilized a very effective twitter strategy whether what he was tweeting was good or not is not the point, but he used an effective strategy by getting full engaged in what was happening. And um, people that weren't paying attention to other media outlets were paying attention there. And I mean, honestly, I think that's partly how he secured, well, mostly how he secured the election because that was, it was a, it, you know, we got to see that with, um, you know, Obama, Obama used social media to, t- to attach to millennials and, and um, identify, you know, different ethnic groups that weren't out voting and he got them voting too. So he recognized, and I, I was actually surprised that Hillary didn't implement a stronger social media strategy, knowing that it just worked for Obama, but you know, that's their, yep. We can see how social media can change things that people, you know, people don't expect to happen. It's just being able, being aware. And like you said, Twitter, because it isn't kind of a news breaking thing. I mean, it's, it's there, but the life expectancy of the tweet is so short that what do you recommend for a strategy for people that are actually trying to build, like you have over half a million followers on Twitter. How, you know, what do you recommend? Keep them top of mind. Are you repetitively, how many times a day do you post? What do you recommend? Uh, we tweet every 15 minutes. So that's uh, actually shows to be one of the most effective ways. So there were some uh, reports done a year or so ago, which actually showed that tweeting every 15 minutes was increased engagement by about 80 to 90%. Wow. Um, so, and then, so the platforms dictate their activity on there. So you wouldn't be Facebooking every 15 minutes, but you can tweet every 15 minutes because the, uh, the, I suppose, lifetime value of the content on, on a tweet is very short. So, I'm hard to forget on Twitter um, and also the strategy is very much to uh, automate the content distribution but actually hopefully um, not automate the conversations. But we also use Twitter to send out tweets where you drive people to a landing page where you can download uh, my free ebooks. And the reality behind that means I'm actually converting Twitter attention into leads and then sales. So um, you just have to work out how to actually... Uh, empower the networks and the tactics that actually lead to taking it from just brand awareness to uh, the bottom end of the funnel. And I use Twitter all the time for that. So your 15 minute strategy, do you have thousands of pieces of content and you use evergreen content you keep tweeting out? Do you tweet out some of the same content in the same day, just at different intervals? What's your strategy? Okay. So I um, create a lot of evergreen content. So I've got like 1,800 blog posts and uh, about 80 to 90% of them are what we'd call evergreen content. Of course, they do date over time. So we keep um, taking older ones off and putting new ones off. 
but we have a, a, a an asset bank of 500 pieces of content that we can share and we tweet every 15 minutes so we don't repeat the every once we set up the feed and keep um, changing it and updating it we don't repeat a tweet for six days okay um, so but then on the other hand we've got calls to action tweets lead to landing pages they go out every three to four hours Mm-hmm. Uh, then we actually, the first day of a new piece of content, we hit Twitter hard with it. It might go seven, eight ways out, but it'll be with a different headline image and we see which one works. And then that one's turned into an update into the feed. So we're actually testing first day to see which type of headline. And we've been having a bit of fun recently with almost like a short story in 140 characters that teases people to actually click on the link to go and read it. So it's not a headline. It's more like you know, social media marketers are foolish and they should actually not spend all their time on Facebook, dot, 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 dot. Um, and then we've actually, I'm finding the click-through on that is actually maybe two or 300% higher than a headline-type tactic. So, And we're playing with um, LinkedIn at the moment too uh, with some posts which are just, uh, I suppose, almost like Twitter on steroids because you can write 1,300 characters on a LinkedIn post and with a little link on the bottom. But still not as powerful as Twitter, but, yeah. So Twitter's, Twitter's the place which you can uh, get your content out in just nice little pieces. Gotcha. So for somebody who is just starting out, Jeff, or has a, maybe, let's say, a 1,000 to 3,000 people on their contact list, they're really in that, that, that growth stage, how often would they tweet? What would you recommend as people are building? Should they still start a 15-minute strategy or should they do something a little, you know, with more length in between? You know, what, what do you recommend for people who are just starting out? Well, it comes down to how much content you've got that you can share, and it's not just yours, it's other people's. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing you've got to be aware of is that you are, um, you try to add value to people's lives, whether it's their business or personal lives, and so you need to be creating content that adds that value. So if you've got something of value to share, whether it's yours or someone else's, it's really important um, to actually do that. But I, I would suggest to people that rather than just be on Twitter all the time, you've actually got work to do, exercise, and places to go. <laughs> you, you, you mean you want them to eat, live, breathe, and, you know, sweat no. social media? Twitter? No. No, okay. uh, otherwise, Jennifer Aniston will get rid of them just like she got rid of John Mayer. So the reality is that you do need to, um, and I remember when I started automating Twitter, um, I started automating Twitter about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And boy, you should have seen the um, abuse I got online about it. It was just like, how dare you automate social media? <laughs> And it was like they were horrified, like social webs for people, not for machines. And going, yeah, but it works. So I kept tweeting and ignored them. Um, and the reality is that if you keep sharing something of value, um, automate it if you can. Sh- automate your content distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a whole bunch of tools allowed to do that, even where you've got RSS feeds that detect other people's great content. So I actually share about 20 other people's uh, content. In other words, bloggers that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I will use an RSS detecting platform could deliver it, which actually allows me to share automatically their latest blog posts without actually having to manually go in. Got so, so you've got to be smart about how you use your time. And uh, you know, I love Twitter, but I'm not going to spend all my day there. So, sure, um, sure. Yeah. 
Well, and I think you made a good point earlier. We're talking about notifications. Like I keep my notifications on, but not the, um, you know, the chimes and stuff like that. Like there's no literally like the notifications will come in. I can see the number up at top and I can look through them. But I don't when Periscope first came out, you know, I hear, you know, I mean, like, you know, at first as as you got more and more, it would constantly go off. And I had to turn that off like right in the beginning and then just go back later and catch on some, you know, replays or something. But I agree that a lot of people get so distracted. They can't even sit and do a focused, they can't finish a course or content because, you know, they got that shiny object syndrome where they're flying all over the place and, you know, can't can't stay focused. Yeah. Well, I turned all my alerts off everyone. Except mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that mine were on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I, I just turn them all off because I actually, I do not need distractions. I can distract myself. So right. don't give me a Facebook distraction or a Twitter distraction or a WhatsApp you distraction. You are a man. So that kind of says a lot right there. Like, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so go with the flow, baby. You really got to actually make sure you're not distracted. I love it, Jeff. You're, you're so cute. Well, really quick, um, we're going to talk about your live streaming. If you're doing any live streaming in just a second, we're going to take a minute for one of our sponsors. Archon Mounts is the gear that I use every day to live stream, including my dual broadcasting on both Facebook Live and Periscope. So if you guys are in need of some gear, if you guys are actually trying to step up your game, I'm a huge proponent of live streaming as a catalyst for your business. So, so go to, to archon.com, A-R-K-O-N.com, and then you can use the code Fitch slap f-i-t-c-h-s-l-a-p to get 20 percent off but i highly recommend i use the w broadcaster i use that the one if you guys are looking online again um you can see the picture i hear it in my purse all the time so i'm always ready to go and so those of you guys have downloaded this podcast um we really do appreciate it whether it's itunes or stitcher or blog talk radio thank you for being here and again i know i've been getting involved in my conversation with jeff and and d- diving deep into some social media mysteries that he's uh come up with some resolution for us but i want you guys to check out episode 67 of He Said Red Said. You'll be able to find it on um, YouTube at youtube.com slash Vicky Fitch. You can also find it on vickyfitch.com. He Said Red Said here on facebook.com slash Vicky Fitch one. There's lots of places that you have that content, but definitely check out the live. And so you can check out the show notes as well, which will have links because Jeff's going to give you guys a gift in a little bit. And uh, we're going to give you the link for that. So you can make sure to uh, get 101 ways to increase your web traffic. And I got to show you a, a graphic, Jeff, just a little bit, because we're talking costumes, you know, police officer, uniform, wait till you see it, because I got Jeff in a uniform, just saying. So now that we've done that, Jeff, let's talk about you and live streaming. Do you do any live streaming yourself? Um, I do much live streaming because I love wrangling. I'm, a, I'm more a writer than a live streamer, but we will be doing more video this year, but we'll be doing it much more strategically. So it's not about just doing live for live sake. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like what you're doing, you're turning this into, you know, using Periscope, you're using Facebook Live. Um, so I'd really think that live video is good, but for me, it's actually, I just love writing. So it, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Podcasting, I don't use a lot, but we will be putting out one of those um, in the near future. But more strategically, not just to, because it's the latest shiny new toy. Sure. So, um, but yeah, Facebook Live is great. Um, and I've been on a lot of them, uh, but we'll be very strategically in the next couple of months. So, uh, but we'll be done in a very, very, um, I suppose, focused way to uh, generate a bunch of uh, social engagement, uh, 
SEO results and um, and also we're going to take a bit more of an opinionated view about the social media world and what people should be doing. So, yeah, we're going to have a bit more fun. Well, the excellent news. And they're going to get a chance to sign up for your newsletter in a little bit. So they'll make sure because I'm sure you're going to send out information to let people know when this new podcast is coming out and how they can connect with you on some of those platforms. Um, because now you were talking about you're doing video. Now, I watched on your um, Facebook page, I watched your new what I call a sizzle reel. And, you know, you were talking about seduction. And first of all, I thought it was uh, catchy. And, um, you know, you're, you're a great speaker, a great orator. So it's one Wonderful. I've been seeing you gallivanting all over the world, uh, you know, speaking at different places. But, you know, you talked about that seduction and the traffic attraction and don't be boring and earn it and own it. So share a couple little tips that are from those uh, categories from your from your sizzle reel. Yeah, well, see, a lot of people talk about content marketing. So essentially, I talk about three pillars. Num- and number one, you don't exist in this you know, digital web unless you actually have traffic. So we talk about traffic. And um, I, I give the term to that attraction. You've got to attract traffic. Okay. So, and it's so, almost like a dating analogy, I suppose. But then the other one is once you've attracted traffic, you've got to be, you've got to seduce you know, your potential client. So it's, and content is your seduction piece. You've actually got to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's no sense boring people to death. So, and that's where the art of storytelling, and we've been experimenting a lot more with storytelling on LinkedIn just to actually, does storytelling work on LinkedIn? And uh, we've ha- been having some fun with that. Excellent. Uh, so, and then the last piece of the puzzle is that you can have, and I mentioned it before, if you, you've, got, you've attracted an audience, that's traffic, you've seduced them with your content, the last part is to get them to commit. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a scary word for most, okay? So <laughs> commitment, uh, um, and I remember my son basically said, oh, my girlfriend wants me to move uh, in with her. And he said, oh, God, that's scary, Dad. And I said, well, you work it out, son. So um, commitment's a big word. And um, so one way or the other, whatever that type of commitment is, uh, whether it's committing to a startup or spending money or uh, sharing a flat with your girlfriend. So it's all about commitment. But commitment really is just converting that uh, content and credible interest into leads and sales. So... And the thing is, it's only three things you've got to remember right to succeed in the digital world. Um, you need to do get traffic, attraction. You need to actually get credibility and trust. That's content. That's the seduction. And number three, you need that commitment. So the rule of three, most people can't remember more than three things. So don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> Well, that's very true. And see, like here, that the commitment of you doing a podcast with the sassy redhead, that was probably really rough for you. So I had to get a couple cocktails in you and then ask, although it still took me a week to get you to be my friend on Facebook, but at least you committed to the podcast. So, you know, that was... Now, now that, I, I just realized I'm, I'm wearing actually a red red jumper. I noticed and I thought you did that on purpose. So you just kind of blew my whole philosophy that I thought you did it just for me. Jeff, I'm heartbroken. Right now, you just crushed my spirit. I, I'm I'm depressed. Oh, I wore wore it just for you. Okay, thank you. So instead of lycra, I'm wearing red woolen (laughs) merino. I know know underneath you're wearing some lycra on the bottom, right? There you're (laughs) He's gone for the, he's got his uh, bicycle shorts on uh, underneath. Yeah, what happens with news readers a lot, isn't it? They're just wearing shorts and thongs. That's really so. Or, or flip flops, as they call them in America. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thongs are something different here in America. I, although I know, although I we do sometimes call flip flops thongs, it's true, okay. but that's okay. not the more prevalent use of the word thong, <laughs> at least among the youth. <laughs> I know, I've realized that. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, what about, so talk to us a little bit about speaking. How did you start in the speaking circuit? Like what did somebody, did you start applying? Did people just start asking and, you know, and what advice would you give to people that are looking to start, um, sharing their content when they've got good, valuable content with, you know, as a, as a speaker, what would your recommendation be? What would you tell them and how did you get started? Um, well, it happened because I actually, uh, creating online, and I was creating the best content I could, and I was actually then sharing it with the world. So building distribution on social and email and um, all other platforms. But the reality was that uh, I got asked to speak around a workshop in New Zealand, and they actually said, we'll pay you for it. I went, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I got asked to speak in Italy, and I went, and I sort of said, why did you invite me to speak? And they said, because we saw you everywhere. Mm. Um, so um, because there's a... Edelman, the big PR company, puts out this bus barometer every year and actually discovered that um, the reality was that if you're seen once or twice, whether it's online or offline, your, your trust factor is about 3 to 5%. If you're seen 3 to 5 times plus, your credibility and trust factor goes to 55% plus. So that was quite an aha moment for me in terms of building a personal brand um, in, in the industry was... Um, continuing to get my content out there in a variety of ways from mm-hmm. you know, Flipboard to SlideShare to YouTube to Twitter to LinkedIn. So I, I didn't speak to any um, speaking agencies and actually have not got a job from any speaking agencies. It's still been done through um, social. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you want to create credibility and trust it, you are defined by content online. That's it. Well, it's true. I mean, you, content is is king because even if um, even if you are seen a lot, right, and and you have lousy content, it's also going to affect what people are seeing and, and saying. But when you actually are dr- delivering content that's valuable and what your marketplace is looking for, I mean, if you're you know identifying uh, the different types of lint balls in the world, that your content is probably not as stimulating to most people. And so we have to find the tribe of lint ball collectors <laughs> that might actually find that, yeah. you know, that particularly interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. so what you've got to do is actually, yeah, you've got to identify where your tribe or tribes are globally and uh, connect with them where they are and then deliver content that adds bad value to their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why when I started the blog, I started writing and I, was, I wrote quite badly. I could spell, but not good. I used to have the spelling police turn up. I used to have the, <laughs> the grammar police turn up. Oh, and don't a, you love that? Yeah, and I'm going, um, Jeff, you spelt five words wrong in that 1,200-word blog post. And I went, really? So uh, which ones were they? Oh, they, you should know that, Jeff. I said, okay, right. So, <laughs> So they didn't want to be helpful. They just wanted to identify that you did something wrong. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's fantastic. So uh, how's your blog going, by the way? Yeah. (laughs) And they're going, "Uh, don't have one. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a few typos maybe and a few spelling errors, and I I generally do because I I want to get the blog post out. Sure. And um, But I also like um, crafting words and actually sitting down and, and word wrangling because you can actually, uh, I suppose, polish your message when you're writing words. Live, it's harder to do that, and that's uh-huh. a real art as well, whether you're speaking from stage or whether you're speaking live. Sure. Um, but, uh, but 
I think, and just like you're practicing your presentation all the time, the energy, the presentation, the, the way you do it to keep it interesting. So, sure. and, and make it make it awesome. So, and practice makes perfect. Um, that old cliche, but the reality is that um, I have a preference for the written word, which is not going to die. By the way, um, right. uh, a lot of people are saying, "Well, is everything going to go video?" And going, really? Um, so everyone's going to just actually get robots doing video later. I, it's, it's just not going to happen. I, th- I think actually the social webs really produce some fantastic writing and storytelling sure. because it's given people the platform to actually uh, showcase what they just didn't have before. They didn't have the platforms. I, I think I agree. I mean, I think the written word is going to be here for, you know, I, there's a lot of articulate people that really like that. I think there are some people that don't like to read. There's a lot of people that have... Yeah you know, ADD and stuff. I actually have some of my family members have that and, and they yeah. prefer a video that's fast paced and things, but yeah. the written word is one of my favorite things too. I love to write books. I love yeah. to, um, you know, express myself in a way where I can, you know, really craft what I'm trying to say and something that actually delivers the impact that I want. And sometimes when we're on the fly, we can't think of the exact words, the exact way we want them. And so, you know, being able to write them afterwards, plus the way this, you know, current spiders now, obviously, search engine can change where they'll be doing voice recognition from videos. But right now the search and spiders are really driven on that written word. So we've got to capitalize on, a, you know, SEO optimization, even of this podcast afterwards, making sure that people can find it based on what we write about it. Yeah. And, and video is just fantastic. Like my son has um, slight dyslexia. He, he doesn't enjoy reading at all. He mm-hmm. flips things around the other way. Yeah. So you know, YouTube for him is the most fantastic invention because he wants to learn something. Guess what? He just cranks up YouTube and in he goes. And yeah. so he's got a passion for music and mixing electronic EDM music and he's a great artist, but he, YouTube is just this fantastic platform for him. And we're all got different, you know, uh, modalities of learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, some like to listen, some like to watch and some like to, you know, just create videos. It's fantastic. So um, you've got to choose your weapon of choice. Yes. Right. And, and uh, not spread yourself too thin. Yes. I, I'm a big proponent of people having a presence on all platforms, but not, uh, you know, not focusing any of their, not their attention on there. I'm, I'm on all the major platforms. I focus my time on Facebook and, um, and Twitter and Periscope. I do mostly live streaming. And then of course I build lists, but I'm on Pinterest and I'm on Instagram and I'm on the other platforms and, and pop some content in there. So I have a presence. So, you know, if people are looking for me, they can see, you know, that's not my main platform but I'm there. So, you know, it gives yep. people a confidence that, okay, she is, you know, she is in the space. Yep. Exactly. So we have a lot of comments here. Again, I don't know why this won't update except once in a while. Patricia wants to know what you think, what are your thoughts actually on Periscope? And um, Stacy, I'll we'll answer that one second. Stacy DePolis says, the formula revealed, Jeff, this is pure gold. Um, Marcia says, thank you, Jeff, for your emails. They are very informative. And, um, <laughs> Stacy also wrote, oh, snap regarding Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> so these are comments from a little while ago. Um, let's see. And you can answer that one and I'll read the other comments here. You answer the one about what you think about Periscope since Twitter is your favorite platform and obviously they are married. So tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, Periscope's great. So, um, I played with a lot actually a couple of years ago. Um, but I haven't uh, been using it much lately. Um, my focus has been on actually writing. And so I've been much work more working really hard at my writing skills and storytelling 
which I which I've mentioned before. So Periscope's great, and I think when you're creating live video, is that you can actually take live video and turn it into uh, a Periscope, mm-hmm. Facebook Live, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, then you can turn it into a transcript, then you can turn it into audio. So mm-hmm. what you can do is from one piece of content, you actually can repurpose it into a variety of different media. And because some people, uh, for me, see, I, I can actually read a 30-minute podcast transcript in three minutes mm. that would take me 30 minutes to listen to. Sure. So what am I going to do? I'm, because I'm a fast reader, so I'm going to read it. Right. And I, I, don't, I don't commute, mm-hmm. um, so I don't like to listen to audio while I'm exercising. So, um, yeah, so we're all, we're all wired differently, and that's fabulous about the social media and multimedia is that it's all in different forms. Mm. So, yeah, don't get hung up on it. Just uh, go with the flow. Um, and some platforms aren't hard to actually share stuff like Flipboard takes, uh, two, two clicks, Pinterest about the same, um, and the list goes on. So yeah, just keep putting yourself out there, but I think you've got to choose two or three areas of focus. Mm -hmm, Um, I agree. And you're sure as you, as you build a larger team, you can actually get them to actually create that different type of, uh, media for you as well. So absolutely depends on where you are on the journey. Well, and I think that's a, it's a great point. Like even this podcast, we'll take um, my, my VAs will uh, transcribe it and then we'll take quotes out of it. We create graphics for, you know, the people that are the guests that were on the show and, you know, share out that content, give them information. I see Nazim is in the house. Welcome, my friend. It's good to see you. I know you're up early in Italy. So thanks for being here. Um, It gives us an opportunity to, like you said, take some little chunks and little nuggets that people then can, oh, they can consume. You know, Amy Schmidauer always says, you know, you want to, you want to um, be binge worthy, right? You, that people want when they see your content, whether it's blog posts, whether it's videos, that they should want to consume more than just one episode or one blog post because it's so good. And I think that's what some of these people here, you know, Stacy's saying, who's left in digital marketing? Who's not on Jeff Bolus's email list? She's been on since the nineties. And she's talking about how your, um, your formula for audience equals traffic content equals storytelling conversion equals commitment and she's just saying thanks that people are really getting a lot of value from you know what you're saying and breaking it down into those simple terms and that's one of the things about you is that as an orator that you have a skill set in delivering um you know way things that are 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 fun and fresh you know using words that catch their attention like seduction and you know and and conversion is kind of a seduction kind of word as well people like to convert and so i think that you've done an excellent job uh you know sharing those kind of things for them and and um somebody else is asking uh, though that we didn't finish answering the speaking how do you think do you have any tips for other people who want to become speakers for what they should do yeah, I think uh, hiring a coach can be a great um, thing. I've actually had three different coaches. They teach you all different things. Uh, the other aspect of it is that it's nothing like just practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of the most important things I've learned and been working on uh, for the last couple of years is storytelling. Mm-hmm. I go to so many uh, presentations and conferences and I see people get out there and present you with bullet point, bullet point, bullet point in 16 you know, font and right, yeah. I don't hear a story. It's not real. It's not, uh, right. it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> could just shoot me now. Or I'm, and I, I went to a conference where someone talked about, it was like the last keynote for the conference. And it was like 27 tools you should use. 
And oh it my was, gosh. <laughs> the, the content was great, but my God, 27 tools uh, is, is three, not three tools in the detail in you do with yeah. <laughs> the last conference. Yeah, so, they're fried. They're gone already. Yeah. And the, the reality is that people forget what you told them, but they won't forget how you made them feel. And storytelling has been scientifically proved to be one of the quickest to get people's engagement and line their brain with your message. And I, I was in San Francisco uh, for the Marketo conference recently, and I bumped into a startup and uh, it was one of the guys at the startup from um, Copenhagen said, Jeff, I remember you told me that story a year ago. Mm. So I went, okay. So Learn the art of storytelling from stage mm -hmm. and really distill your content into simple structure and don't use acronyms. If you see an acronym, shoot it. Um, <laughs> so the reality is that you've, got to, you've really just got to distill um, complexity. Do not overwhelm and, you know, don't give people 300 facts. Um, if you're going to want to get a point across, tell a story, provide a point at the end of it. And so, yeah, yeah, there's some ideas. Well, no, those are, I think those are excellent ideas, actually. Um, so as we're starting to wrap up the broadcast, um, we're going to ask you a couple more questions. But, um, you know, you told us Twitter was your, you know, favorite social media platform. So do you have, like, did you have a mentor that was in a social media space or do you mentor other people? Do you feel like your content is something that's guiding and directing people on, on the way they should, you know, do social media, right? Because let's face it, there are a lot of people doing it wrong where they, I always call it like slapping a flyer up on windshield. Like they just bombard you with stuff but not not content that's usable and and you know digestible yeah I, I suppose I get a lot of um, ideas from even writers like Stephen King he's written one of the best books on writing I've seen mm -hmm. uh, where S Stephen King fiction writer his only non-fiction book is a book titled on writing and it's brilliant it's the first hundred pages about his passion uh, for writing and his life it gives you insight into how passionate he was about you know, English language and work. And then he gets into 200 pages of what he calls his writing toolkit. So uh, my inspiration from a variety of sources, from TED Talks to Post to, to books, I'm an, I'm an avid, passionate reader. Um, and uh, I find that the books really give me inspiration and stories, and that's just where I find my inspiration. And the great Stephen King says, if you want to write a lot, you need to read a lot. There is no other way. Sure. So sure. You, you can't, creativity doesn't kind of amount on top of a mountain going, okay, inspiration, show up. Right. It's from actually consuming information from some of the best writers in the world. Now, here's the thing about, okay, books actually distill decades of learning into 100, 200, 300. There's wisdom distilled to just this small piece of media. Mm. And that's what I find just so magical about books. And books take you on a journey and movies take you on a journey. They understand the hero's journey. Um, you know, so that's really important is just to just look at, it doesn't have to be, Inspiration doesn't necessarily come from inside your industry. In fact, it's better to sometimes innovate from outside your industry sure. and then take that and apply it to the industry you're in. 
That's good advice. I think that way it won't get convoluted or it won't get diluted with other people's message. You'll have your own fresh message coming from some kind of outside perspective. So sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think there's a, there's a real danger actually with us living um, in and we see that with media, we see it with Facebook that served up the same stuff that Facebook thinks here. Um, and we actually need to understand, need to hang out with younger people, older people. We need to hang out with people outside our industry. We need to keep ourselves fresh and keep, keep evolving ourselves. That's not just within an echo chamber. Where we're all talking the same thing. And that gets rather boring, frankly. So you, you need to hang out with uh, different people, creative people from all walks of life. And I think that becomes this uh, ecosystem that will just keep feeding your creativity. Yeah, I think that's great, great advice. Um, we were talking about speaking a little bit, and you guys know that I am actually speaking at the social media conference in New Zealand in September, so I'm really excited about that. And, and I, I want to remind you guys, guys that the tickets, tickets are still, still on sale. sale. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're opportunity. I know Marsha is here today. She's going to be heading on over to uh, New Zealand with me, and I'm really excited about that. If you guys go to the, the web address there, nz, you can actually use the code Vicky to save 250 dollars on your ticket. So make sure if you guys are coming to email me, message me and let me know because I am going to have a little meet up there for some of my Kiwi friends and some of the friends that are coming in over from Australia and then some of them coming in from the States. I'm really excited about that. And before that, I am coming over there to uh, see you there, Jeff, in Australia and Australia, New Zealand and then Fiji. So I'm really excited about that, uh, those travel spots and being able okay. to share the message there over in, you know, down under it's all kind of down under and then coming back up right because i'm coming back up to go to new zealand coming back up a little from sydney to uh, go to fiji so it's very exciting and i appreciate you guys there so normally right now we would try i think i think we have time for one little i want to know we, we like to know when you're either a true confession a pet peeve uh that you have that you're willing to share with the audience like a true confession about yourself or a pet peeve just like well, that. I think you've already revealed the one about wearing wearing lycra. So that's one thing. So, um, uh, pet peeve. Um, I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, so I don't have many pet peeves really about anyone. I'm sorry, it's just rather boring, isn't it? So, I don't have like a hate list of things. I don't um, uh, people. That, okay, a pet peeve is one. Let's say someone driving slow in the fast lane. That really annoys me. <laughs> And, and, and I remember, and I remember, I was I had a big four wheel drive with these huge spotlights at the front, and I was driving the freeway, and and there was this car in front of me that was going slow under the speed limit, and um, I just gave them my full high beam for several <laughs> seconds, and uh, they they moved slowly over, and it was a police car. Awesome. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> and is there any, did you ever find out why they were driving below the speed limit, which is actually ticketable as well, at least here in the States, that you can't, you have to go with the flow of traffic. So, yeah. Um, well, they, they didn't uh, seem to get annoyed. They realized they were going <laughs> slow and maybe she was on her phone. I don't know. But anyway. I love it. I love it. Well, that's a, I think a pet peeve of a lot of people. It's, a, it's one of those things that kind of uh, can make you crazy. It makes me, one of my pet peeves is when I'm watching a speaker and they're either reading, uh, looking at an iPhone or note cards, can't actually, or they are, um, um, oh, and, uh, I can't stand. It makes literally like 
if I'm listening even to a podcast that's happening, I got to go. I can't do it. It's, it's like, yeah. it makes me crazy, right? <laughs> so we all have our pet peeves. Um, yeah. So Jeff is, is going to give you guys an amazing gift. I have to tell you, I didn't get to read all of it, but I did print it out. Let's see if I, you guys can see this. 101. 101 tips and tactics, sorry, to grow your web traffic. And this thing is 55 pages. This is not a little piece of information. And did you see Jeff in the, uh, in the policeman's outfit? You know, he's kind of a hot commodity. That's, uh, you know, you got, if you guys, those of you who are listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or Blog Talk Radio, definitely come check out episode 67 with Mr. Jeff Bullis on either vickyfitch.com on Facebook. You can pick your choice, pick your platform. We're, we try and have content there for you available, but it's a great tool to start showing you how to utilize your web traffic. And you're going to go to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two options. It's jeffbullis.com slash Twitter dash 101 tips. <laughs> but to make it easy for those of you who are driving and are on uh, listening to the podcast, I will put it in the show notes, but you can go to vickyfitch.com slash Jeff. And what it does is there a link there that goes right to this website. Um, so you can get his content and you can check out his site and see what other things that he's got going on there. There is a lot. I mean, that, that website is packed full of opportunities for you to build a business, build a brand and really start to understand social media in a way that uh, most people don't. Jeff really gets it. He gets his people. He understands how to uh, tell a story. He understands how to build an audience and how to really connect with people. And so um, as a very, as someone who's actually met you in person, I found you a very genuine, very lovable guy, Jeff. And I really do appreciate the fact that, that I had to get you drunk in order to get you to be my friend and to uh, <laughs> agree to be on the podcast. Actually, you were sober when you actually decided to become my Facebook friend. So, you know, yes. it's, I, I I was heartbroken though. I'm going to be honest. I was heartbroken when I am a real life living, breathing human being that's hugging you, smiling with you, laughing with you. And you're like, um, no, no, I'm not going to. That was, can you explain that to me? I just want to, I just want to try and feel better about myself for a moment. Well, it, well sometimes you just got to play hard to get really. So. Oh, now I feel, okay, that's good. All right. Well, thank yeah. you. That, that, um, it, it's, it's, it's part of the seduction thing, right? So it, that's, wor I'm it, it worked for me. I was like a puppy going, <laughs> how come I can't be your friend? Why won't you be my friend? Why won't you be my friend? Now I might have to write a blog post on that. Jeff Bullis taught me not to <laughs> the things Jeff Bullis taught me not to do. Uh, and in Diego, that could, that could be, do you want to know? Maybe my teaser um, thing is, do you want to know what Jeff Bullis taught me in San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I see uh, Jay Garrett is here. Let's see. Stacy. Uh, oh, my gosh. There's so many more comments here again. Uh, Stacy loves your comment about Periscope content rules. Has it spelled out in detail? The tactic Jeff articulated. Um, Jeff's story about making inmates feel like they had been born by being featured in stories about their experiences more than anything tactical. And getting outside your echo chamber. Anyway, Jeff, you're going to have to read these comments because there is a lot of people commenting, a lot of people, you know, um, that are definitely connecting with you as, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a person, and certainly as a social media authority. So we really do appreciate you being here. And we tried to be gentle and not really do much um, antagonizing of you. I tried to just be gentle with you because, you know, you're a fragile Aussie and I didn't want to hurt yeah. you because, you know, I'm kind yeah, of. A well, I'm, I'm 
Yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm a precious petal, so I, I get bruised oh, easily, you, but that's okay. Right. That's how. That's what I was thinking. I'm kind of like nurturing you. If you guys can see, I'm trying. I'm nurturing you, just cuddling you, just a little, Jeff, to make sure you don't uh, you don't get hurt. That's 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 what I was doing. I don't want you to be hurt, Jeff. So, I love you. Oh, I know. I I feel I feel honored and very special. Thank you, darling. Thank you. So, Jeff, what is the best way for people to contact you? And do you have any products that they can purchase that they can? I know that they're going to get on your email list, but do you, is there any products they can purchase that will help them? You know, you know, push their um, social media presence, you know, up the scale. Or do you do you have anything for them? How how can um, I- I've got a blogging course called Blogging uh, Mastery: The Seven Key Steps to Blogging Mastery, which is um, unnew to me. Um, I think one of the things that I would like to leave with people today is that the social web is a great place to play, but I, I think what I rather I find really exciting about it is that it's a place where you can create. And I, there's, I think it's really important that we not only create, but then we publish and share it with the world because what happens as you create, you actually, um, the world talks back to you. So you change the world and the world changes you. And you only, that only happens when you actually share your, message with the world and I'd encourage everyone to actually share their particular um, gift with the world um, because that's where the magic happens mm-hmm. and uh, the creating content line for me over the last eight years has been uh, the most memorable seven-year moment eight-year moment I've ever had in my life because I think that every one of us as, as human beings is innately creative we just got to find out what that passionate purpose is and then share that with the world and don't hide it, share it. And that means you have to be willing to be vulnerable to get it wrong. So that's what the social web about is for me. It's not just about, you know, tweets and, and you know, being on LinkedIn or being on Facebook. It's about what they deliver to you as a human being. And I really sincerely think that it's one we're living in a pretty exciting time where you as a publisher can become a publisher without paying for it or begging commission. And, that's incredibly powerful to us as we evolve as fully um, actualized human beings. Right. Yeah. And that was like deep. You're going, you got depth layered in there right at the end here to make sure that people are listening, understanding who you are as a person, Jeff. And we always ask for a quote, you know, what you want as a quote. And so you came up when you shared with us, which I also saw in that sizzle reel of yours, Randall's Randall's going to pop it up up here here for us. us. And I create, I publish. I exist. So, so it, you, know, you know, it's, it's a, a great, great um, you know, a great, great catalyst, catalyst telling people, people, you know, create something, you know, publish the content, share it out there with the world. Somebody might actually see it. A Jeff Bullis, a, a you know, a Kim Garth, a Joel Calm, they might see and, and recognize it as really good content and share it out. And it might be the catalyst you need to start letting the world know who you really are. So there are people that like Jeff is talking about that he recognizes good content and wants to continue making sure that people aren't just getting his it's part of the social media space is like commenting share social media is social and you guys want to remember that is that get content out there that's what Jeff is sharing with you guys so Jeff is there any last words that you want to share with them before I um, do our close out here Um, no I think I've really said it in that last piece but uh, it's really important that um, you actually create and publish and Mm -hmm. um, and I I especially think it's really important because uh, some of the figures and data around, uh, you know, business and also uh, work, uh, work business as usual is evolving 
and that 50% of all workers are going to be freelancers by 2020. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of us uh, get our meaning from life by being employed. I think you've got to treat yourself as being self-employed mm-hmm. and build a brand. And I, I bump into so many people that have lost their job, um, or the business is funded, or they've retired, and once they left that, they go from being a somebody to a nobody in terms of, you know, they inherited before when they work with the organisation positional power. The reality is that the social web gives us the ability to create our own brand, our own IP, and create. Yes. And I think we're moving into a different type of world, and you've got to understand that it's important that you start creating for yourself, not for the man not be trapped in the cubicle, but actually share it with the world. Absolutely. That was really great advice. And you guys know, like I said, I'm a, a big fan, obviously, of Jeff. You know, remember August 4th, you know, 2014 was the day Jeff friended me on Twitter. You know, it took me a couple years later for Facebook, but <laughs> we appreciate the the social media space, the advice that he's giving and recognizing that this opportunity is here for you, that social media is for everyone. And right now, even though platforms are converting somewhat to a pay to play platform, everything is free right now for you to get on, get, get your feet wet, start creating some content, whether it's video, whether it's, um, whether it's writing, maybe a combination, find your tribe, find your style, something that makes you comfortable. So we're really excited about that. And you guys, our next He Said Red Said, I haven't got confirmation yet, but one of our other applicants to be my new he was Will James, Jamieson. I don't, Jamieson, I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, the previous, let's see, he, I, I, Yik Yak. He was the CEO and co-founder of Yik Yak has actually applied to be my new heat. So he is our last and final candidate on the 31st is when we're trying to get him in. We'll see if that works. But it's very exciting to um, have a platform here where we can have a little bit of business and a whole lot of fun to give you guys uh, great, great guests that um, know how to deliver content and value and also know how to share a little bit of themselves, how to be fun and flirty and sassy and classy all rolled into one. Um, so we're as soon as we get that graphic as soon as we just you know get him confirmed we'll put that graphic out and we also have on Wednesday night Mr. Jed Record will be here on the Keep Fish Live Fresh Perspective. He is an amazing guy who actually had fun with the social media marketing world. Um, we'll be sharing uh, stuff on Instagram and how he built his following to over 20,000 in a very short period of time as well as a bunch of other social media tips and tricks uh, that he's going to share with you and help you to build your business and your brand as well. Um, so right now I'm going to pop up Jeff's information so you guys can take, take a, a screenshot of um, his, his uh, no, jeffbullis.com. You, you, he's, he's basically, basically at jeffbullis Jeff everywhere. So, so the, the fact, fact that he does have a presence on all platforms um, is, is a great, great opportunity for you to be able to find him. And remember, like I said, take a screenshot of that. For those of you guys who are downloaded the podcast, again, you can get it in the show notes. But remember, jeffbullis, B-U-L-L-A-S, jeffbullis.com. You can find anything that you need over there on social media. Follow him on Twitter. Definitely. Don't try on Facebook because it won't happen, but you could try following his public page. <laughs> Wait, if you do get in and you let me know, uh, we're going to have words because it took me a week. But anyway, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. And for those of you who don't know me, I introduce myself to you guys. I am Vicki Fitch. I am a direct sales expert. I've been in the industry 20 years, top 10 sales and recruiting internationally for more than a decade. I am also an author, a speaker in it. I can't even speak. See, I'm looking at Jeff and he's getting me all like I'm all discombobulated. Like I'm recognizing that I'm just all of a sudden hit me that Jeff Bullis friended me on Facebook and I just had a moment right now. 
So let me start over again. I am Vicki Fitch. I'm a direct sales expert. I have been in the industry 20 years, top 10 sales and recruiting internationally for more than a decade. Also built and sold four companies. I'm an author, a speaker, and an international business consultant helping you get outside the 5,000 to turn your passion into your profits. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I do lives every day at 6 p.m. typically Pacific time on Facebook Live as well as Periscope. And I'd love for you to connect with me. Go to vickifitch.com slash biz if you guys want some more information on some of the things we talked about today and to get into the entrepreneurial rockstar Facebook group. Let's stay connected. Let me give you a free consult and see if I can help you to rock that dream. So everybody, I want to remind you like I always do, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. Ciao. He said, he said, he said, he said.